When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. I'm Becky Parker Geist and I'm your host. Audiobook Connection is your place to learn about the audiobook creative process in discussions between the authors, narrators, producers, and post-production teams that bring them all together, as well as guests who have listened to the audiobooks and have questions for the creative teams. This podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. And I am here today with Dawn Fuchs Coleman, the author of Get Your Game Face On. She is also the founder of We Guide You Grow LLC. Dawn, thank you so much for being with me today. Well, thank you, Becky, for having me. Let's jump right in and start off with the inspiration behind the book. Tell us about your why. My why is simple. Everybody says everybody should write a book or, oh, that's book worthy or I'm going to write a book. You hear all these things about book, book, book. And I, in the back of my mind, always wanted to write a book as well. But I thought, well, do I have enough material or are people going to be interested in reading it? So I went to lunch with a gentleman and he says, you know, Dawn, you really should write your book because you have so much ideas around business. You can help other business owners, leaders. So I said, you know what, Andy, I'm going to write that book. So I started to write my book, got it done. Nine months later, instead of labor, I had the labor of love of book writing. (laughs) That's great. That is great. So I know that when we talked initially about getting your book into audio, uh, it was really clear that, you know, you wanted to have an impact, that that's important to you to help business leaders to get this information that you have. What have you witnessed in business leadership that really spurred you on to get this message out there? What spurred me on is I see people that have a lot of issues in business, right? Business has ups, it has downs. It's like a roller coaster ride, right? Right. So if I can help people through the pitfalls and also the highs and the lows and share knowledge so they don't fall into the pit, then to me, that's helping. So I like to help people ultimately. So why should they reinvent a wheel that maybe has already been invented and just share the information? Yeah, that's great. Uh, tell us a little bit about like how you got started and the path you've taken to develop this content that's that's really valuable. So I had a business, a family company that my father started. He started in 1981 and he promoted me for about 16 years. I was the president and CEO before we sold to Wall Street. And I had a basic principle. It was called FACE. Back to why the book's title, Get Your Game Face On. And it's about being fair, assertive, consistent every day. And I find if you do those four very words, which sounds simple, but it's not so simple. It's pretty complicated, in fact. So if you did that, then your business would naturally get more successful. Because a lot of people don't come from an angle of being fair. So what does fair mean? I break it down. I break down assertiveness. A lot of people don't feel comfortable being assertive. They think they're a hard sell. So it really just was an educational tool and a business philosophy that I wanted to share with others. And I know from reading it that you you really address not, you know, fairness 
in, not just with customers, but across the board, like the, the big picture, right? That's very true. I, I don't think it's just about business, right? And it's about your employees too. You need your employees to be fair. And then ultimately, if they can transfer that to their home life, that's even a better employer for you the next day. So I just find a, a philosophy that whether it's at work, home, whether you're playing on the baseball field, if you keep those core competencies in place, you'll just have that much more happiness in your life and successes throughout. Right. And that ripple effect is, uh, yeah. is a beautiful, beautiful kind of impact to have. It's great. I agree with that. What was it like for you uh, when you were in business with your father and 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 you were president and and all of that and and also I would love to hear about what that felt like when you the when the company got sold and went public. Tell us a little bit about that. So a couple of things. My father transitioned to business early. In fact, he transitioned at a time when the business wasn't doing so well. We were faced with twenty two bankruptcies and the. Steel industry, steel really took a dive. We actually cleaned two steel mills at our expense, I call it, with contaminated soil and disposal of the soil. And um, so it was a difficult, challenging moment in our lives. And my dad decides to turn the baton to me. I'm like, oh my God, like this is like not a fun space to be in. Thanks, but dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but ultimately, he's really a genius because he said too often in family business, People transfer their business in a negative time. Maybe we call it the deathbed. I mean, that's a terrible way to look at it. But if somebody's faced with a diagnosis or something that could be catastrophic, next thing you know, they're saying, well, who's the oldest? Who's in charge? All these decisions. He said, I don't want to be that CEO. So I teased them and said, yeah, you waited till the business was sick and transferred it instead of your, <laughs> luckily not himself. Right. So, um, but, you know, I, I look back and I think that was the best learning experience ever. He was still there. He listened. He gave me guidance. But one thing about my dad, back to being fair, he said, hey, Dawn, I'm passing the baton. Um, I'm, am I going to look over your shoulder? Sure, I'm going to stop by. But if you make a decision and I don't agree with it, it's still your decision to be made. And I give him a lot of credit for that. I think a lot of times founders, owners, second generation, they're still there. They're not really maybe running the show, if you will. So him giving me that confidence that I can make a decision, because he did not agree with them all, Becky. I have to tell you, there yeah. was a lot of decisions. He said, what the hell is she doing? <laughs> and But then he would see the outcome. And he's like, wow, that was a pretty good decision. So I teased because he said my attorney was my boss, not him. And he said my attorney would fire me. My attorney said, oh, I'll never fire her. She's a natural. So that was good. Yeah. Selling the business was a big decision. Again, he left it to me. Um, I got a phone call one day and I had other phone calls along the way from venture capital and investors that said, take the second bite of the apple, what that means, um, how it would improve your financial stability and all this stuff. Right. Um, I understood debt. I knew how to leverage businesses. I knew how to grow businesses. So when the call came from a, at the time was private and went public during the sale on the exchange coming from Wall Street, I always thought two things. One, I would take the company public someday or I would sell to a publicly traded company. So I said, aha, uh -huh, this is an interesting call. So I listened and um, after many months of thinking and deciding and we ultimately closed the transaction and, um, and the next day, I, I realized I was their employee. I mean, I was able to make that transition. Maybe because I wasn't the founder of our company. I think a lot of time, founders might have a harder time with that transition. 
But I said to my boss, who was like substantially younger by 10 years than myself, hey, what do you want me to do? Give me an order. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was I was able to move into that seat very easily. Yeah. My father did not stay on with the acquiring company. I stayed on for two years. Uh-huh. And it was a learning experience there too. I was able to get promoted on that platform, which I was proud of, picked up another region. So I'm just career-minded. I like to work. I enjoy it. It's a passion of mine. It's yeah. a hobby, actually. Yeah. So it was easy. That's great. And and it just sort of going back to what you said about when your dad disagreed with the decisions you made and then saw the outcome, that he would he would acknowledge the, the you know, hey, turned out that, that was a good decision. You know, that's really great as well. You know, so many people, I think, get stuck in there. I need to be right. But it sounds like he made a really great decision in uh, turning things over to you. He did. And I have to tell you, Becky, there was some couple times I called it his henchmen and women. He would have them call me and say, do you really know what you're doing? So his hands weren't on it, but they really were on it behind the scenes. Yeah. I'm like, I think I got this one. Let me let me do what I'm doing. Yeah. So um, it all worked out. Ultimately, we the family couldn't be any happier. Everybody gets along. Family businesses can have their ups and downs like any business. And um, Donald always said, my father, you never have family at business. You only have them at Thanksgiving dinner. And um, <laughs> so that's sort of how he operated. And then I followed that same message as we moved on in yeah. the business. Yeah. Do you have other siblings that are also uh, either in the business or in business in general? I do, actually. Um, so we're, there's three daughters in our family. I'm the youngest. I call myself the unofficial junior. I'm convinced they named me Don because my father's name's Donald. And, you know, for whatever reason, the boy never came. So I guess I'm it unofficially. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I have two sisters. They're both older than me. And Vanessa is a very successful entrepreneur. She has a business called Sassy Sensations and does very well, has three stores and um, has done that. My middle sister, Janine, works with my father to this day. And she was the original, if you will, Weavertown employee with my dad. She applied for all the hazardous waste transporter licenses back in the day and has still remained with him. So they have some properties that they manage and farms and assets. So him and her are still a team together. Let's pause for a moment. We'll be right back. Here at Pro Audio Voices, we love working with authors who have a big goal in mind. They really want to reach out to their audience around the world. We're here to help make that happen. It starts with our pre-production process, where we're evaluating and determining what elements of the audiobook we can leverage to both create an excellent listener experience for your listeners, as well as drawing them to your website to engage with you further. It continues on through the production process, making decisions that will enhance and support your big goals, as well as creating a great listener experience. But we don't stop there. Once the audiobook is live, we move on to helping you market your audiobook with the Audiobook Marketing Program. Come check us out at ProAudioVoices.com. To schedule a call to talk about your audiobook project, click on Get Started. There are a lot more offerings that you have, services that you do, aside from providing this content in the book. Tell us a little bit about the kind of services that We Guide You Grow offers. Well, thanks, Becky. I thought you would get there. I'm so happy to brag about We Guide You Grow. We Guide 
is in my mind, very simple to understand. I help guide other business owners on how to grow their companies. And it's not just about top line revenue growth. I really, that is part of it. Obviously, how do you grow your top line? But I also really work with CEOs and leaders of a business and management teams on how to focus on the bottom, bottom line improvement. How do you maximize your profits? How do you retain profits? Um, How do you cut your spending? So really the in-between, if you will, I try to focus in there as well. In addition, I do leadership development, coaching, really conflict resolution too is a sweet spot of mine. I'm able to get people unstuck, if you will. Sometimes people get stuck in what they're doing. How do you get them unstuck? So I do that. In addition, another vertical space that's really taken off through the pandemic is career placement. I mean, I can't talk enough about finding the right people to be on the bus and not to quote Jim Collins and good to great, but I think it's a great example, even though some of those businesses are no longer around like Enron and whatnot. Right. I thought the core principle is correct. Yeah. So I really um, take my time when I place talent with a client. They seem to like what I'm doing. It's super, super busy, a lot of referrals. And um, today... I just missed the trifecta. I got two new clients, both referred, and I didn't get my third by the end of the day. I'm like, oh, darn, I didn't get my trifecta. Maybe tomorrow. (laughs) Maybe tomorrow. (laughs) Maybe tomorrow. (laughs) Because business keeps growing. Sounds like. Keeps growing. That's great. That's great. Do you have plans that, you know, for next steps, either for the business or for writing? Kind of where, is there something that's different that's next? Aside from I have something in Yeah, something in both, I think. Okay, great. One, I like to open a satellite. I'm looking at an area called Johnstown, Pennsylvania. It's an old steel town. I relate to steel very easily. I served on JWF. I still do with JWF Industries. They're a manufacturer. So I spend a lot of time in Johnstown. So it's a natural progression to me to look at that area to maybe open a satellite for We Guide You Grow. Um, On a book front, yeah, I have a couple books I'm thinking about I want to do. One would be a progression to the business side, but I also want to cover the family side. I was a single working mother. I had to raise two children independently. So I actually think in the family space, I can maybe offer some guidance back to what my sweet spot is. How can I help others? You know, I think a lot of times single working parents beat themselves up. I'm not home enough. I'm not here. I'm not there. You know what? It's okay. You have to take a breath. You have to breathe. So I'm seeing how I can morph that into a business too for helping others that feel that they're cheating themselves at home when they're not. Right. So they don't have to be in the guilt factor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of guilt around that issue, isn't there? <laughs> and it's ongoing. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I think Becky, small kids, small problems, big kids, big problems. You still live in a, a pile of stuff you have to sort out. Right. So that's yeah. sort of what I try to do and, and have fun while doing it because Nobody has a great day every day. And if they say they do, that's not really being truthful. And back to being fair and truthful and transparent, you know, everybody has issues. And how can we work our issues together to have a happy place? That is great. Let's see. I want. I just want to come back to this. You know, you talked about how it's a. This is a passion of yours. So I want to come back to that. You know, I, I, I totally get that you love what you do and. I love that. I also love what I do. So I'm totally feeling that with you. Uh, can you share a moment when maybe when you helped a client and, and it reinforced what you love about what you do and like, what, kind of what happened and, uh, and how did that feel? 
Sure. So we had a job in Tuscawaras, Ohio, on the Tuscawaras River. And um, there was a lot of crude oil, if you will, spilled. And some of my guys were out on scene. And there was my client ultimately, but I was busy behind the scenes trying to get things out the door, equipment supplies. And I just felt that I needed to get out there and put my hands and eyes on the project. And back then, there was actually pay phones. Yes, it was actually pay phones. Oh, no cell phones. <laughs> we had a bag phone system, but the big project managers had a bag phone. And this is back in the early days of me joining the company and working my way up through the ranks. So um, I realized that not everybody looks at it, the project the same way you would. And I was able to take a project that was going to be worth X amount of hundreds of thousands of dollars and turn it into a million dollar project. And not because I knew more or less of those guys, but those guys saw it that we were already spent. Our people were tapped out. We couldn't do more. But I found a way to do more with not just that staff, but how can we backfill it with others? And to me, that was a game changer in our company that you can do more. But how do you get that extra out of people still with a smile on their face? That's the key. So I think that was one of my pivotal watershed moments in my career that I said, you know, I do make a difference. Yeah. I wasn't patting myself on the back because I don't. I don't know how to do that. But I just felt that my insight to that project made a difference for our company and our future. Yeah. Well, if you won't pat yourself on the back, then I'll do it because <laughs> <laughs> I say, well Thanks, done. Becky. Well done. Well, well, just like your business, I see, I've watched you. I, I met you through a formal connection and uh, I just, you know, I see your passion. Yeah. If you don't have passion for what you do, you shouldn't be doing it, period. I agree. Yep. Absolutely. And there are those that don't like what they're doing. Well, you know what? It's going to show to the other party. Right. So. Yeah. Well, I want to, I would just, first of all, I just want to thank you again for being with me today. Again, this is Don Fuchs Coleman, author of Get Your Game Face On and the owner of We Guide You Grow LLC. And uh, you want to tell our listeners the best place to find you online? Sure. I'm really not a social media buff. I mean, you're not going to find me on Facebook, although I think my company has put a Facebook up or something. I have not even like really tried to dive into the Facebook area, but I'm on LinkedIn. I have um, Instagram. I am looking to maybe do some podcasts, maybe some TED Talks. So that's not happened yet. So, but I'm, I'm considering that. And then also, obviously the book being audible, available for you to listen to. It's available on purchase on amazon.com. Right. You can find me. Yeah. And in fact, you can call myself. However, I answer. Great. And we guide you grow. Dot com, yep. uh, and the U is spelled out. So they're all written out words. So if anyone wants to check that out on the website. Don, it's been an absolute delight. Thank you so much. Thanks, Becky, for having me tonight. And um, look forward to seeing you again in the next chapter two, if there is a chapter two, which I think there will be. Beautiful. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. Please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com. The podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Learn more at proaudiovoices.com. Again, thanks for being with us, and please join us next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.